Right, here we go. Okay, try and be good. Or okay. funny. Oh, dear Lord, the pressure. Welcome to the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. Uh, lift up holy legs, wave them in the air and expect a blessing. Because here I am, my name's Nick Page, and I'm here with my good friend Joe Davis. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, thanks. I got just let me get my legs down. <laughs> it takes longer than it used to. <laughs> Uh, happy days. Um, uh, oh, it's a bit hot again, isn't it? I'm I know. Bit, I know. I'm a bit don't, clammy. Don't like maybe that's, maybe that's know, just me. I know. I know it might seem like I'm always on holiday, but I am just about to go away again. I've completely messed up my holiday this year by, by going away too close together. So having been away in March, I'm now going away again. And the place I'm going to is cold. It's yes. 13... Go- are you going north? I am. You? I'm heading up to uh, Scotland. And yeah. it's like about 28 down here and the top temperature up there is 13. And you think, well, how can we be in the same country with that kind of... <laughs> well, let's I suppose technically you... it isn't the same country. You, know, you don't go to Scotland for the sunbathing. No, you? fair you enough. For the, the I can't wait. The, the haggis and the... Yes. Uh, I don't know what else. Kilts. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's good we're not stereotyping it in any way. <laughs> yeah. The deep fried Mars bars. Yeah. Yes. Good. My <laughs> wife is a quarter Scottish. You know, is she? Yeah. yeah. It's her left leg, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Moves in a kind of Scottish way. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, that's, that can be embarrassing. How are you? I'm all right, actually. I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I had a book out, obviously, which I've barely yeah. mentioned. Obviously. No, I don't think uh, we've mentioned hyped, it enough. Hyped that at all. Am so that's I nice. going to get. A... This is a bit awkward. So mm. I said to Rachel, I want, I'm going to take Nick's book away on holiday. And I went to press, mm. you know, with my Supreme account where it comes the following day. And she said, isn't Nick going to give you a copy? And I said, no, I don't think so. But she said, I thought Nick said he was. So, I mean, I don't mean to be awkward about this, but, well, it, <laughs> but you know. I'm really happy to buy mine. But are you going to give me a copy? <laughs> Joe, I think the best thing for both of us. Well, some, some often I say to my friends, look, I, I value your friendship far too much to ever ask you to read my books. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think the best thing for both of us is if I just photocopy um, the pictures and then you can colour them in. That's ideal. And then, Perfect. Is that better? Yeah, thank and Then you, you don't feel obliged to try and thank, read long words. Thanks for understanding me. I, I, of course I'll give you a copy. Of course I'll give you a copy. Um, uh, just let me anyway. amend what I'd say to my younger self. Hold on. <laughs> so what how are you doing you're right <laughs> yeah good yeah i mean it's uh you know i'm winding down a bit but i'm, I'm still sneaking in a little unofficial trip to the cinema tonight because it's only three pounds don't know if i've mentioned that um mm. so i'm going to see baby driver which well, is, that's supposed uh, to be very good yeah i'm looking forward to edgar wright I like edgar wright's film. new film yeah good. yeah exactly yeah. right yeah and have you um last time i have to say to the listeners you you it was very hot and uh, you didn't close your window. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I have. Hang so on. we had a certain amount of the noise going by of um, in Worthing of uh, sort of high powered mobility scooters. Last week. <laughs> it's exactly what goes <laughs> past my window, actually. He- Hell's I want, I want to I want to say how dare you insult Worthing. But that is the truth, unfortunately. <laughs> so you got that yeah, in one. <laughs> All these senile delinquents running the streets. Yes, anyway, exactly. So, uh, good. Well, you're going to the no, pictures. I'm going to have a nice evening in the garden, I think. Yeah, Just perfect. I love this there. story. By the way, the great tits fledged last week. That was the big news. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope they're better. Yeah, exactly. 
That's very good. Fledged. That's good. Flew. They fledged. They flew. They flew the nest. Mm. And uh, it's, a, it's a great time of year, isn't it? Because I grow well, your fruit garden's and Your remarkable, veg. actually, because not it only is... is it beautiful... I, I think it's a lovely yeah, little it garden, is. and uh, plus it's like a it's like a bird reserve. Oh, yeah. It's like all kinds of you know uh, wow, birds you... flying about, gulls and yeah, yeah. I don't know That's albatross, and yeah, gold, golden eagle, yeah, exactly, yeah. great orc. I thought they were extinct. Anyway, so we should get on with the show. Uh, have yeah, we, we had um, some correspondence? We actually set people. Um, we did. Uh, week, yes, we? we did. Well, first of all, uh, let me just uh, say uh, thank you so much to everyone. I'm sorry we don't read all of them out, but we do. We do read them all. We do respond to them all. And uh, well, you do. Yeah. Well, I do. Yeah. But it is humbling. <laughs> I, I do read them all, actually. Uh, but Joe does the response because he's a pastor. And sometimes we don't read them out because they're similar to others, and and sometimes we don't read them out. Because they're just saying, thank you, you're lovely people. And we think, mm. Mm, you're a bit deluded. And sometimes we don't understand them. And sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, uh, people are writing about things and they say, look, this is not for sharing, but I just want mm. you to know. And, 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 and some wonderful things and some very heartbreaking things and sometimes some very serious and sad things. So thank you, everyone who does mm. write. Anyway, on with the show. Uh, Glyn, uh, he, he just made a couple of points. One, he was responding to Dave Tomlinson's book, Black Sheep and Prodigals. And he was just, just making the point that, you know, he felt a bit empty after reading that book, after my glowing review of it all, saying, you know, he seemed to be questioning so much, he wasn't quite sure how much was left. And I think what he was saying is there wasn't enough room for mystery. Richard Raw does that a lot better than Dave Tomlinson, it has to be said. He, he doesn't necessarily take everything in the Bible as literal, but he believes it's all true. And he certainly believes in mystery. He leaves plenty of room for the mystical and mystery and I don't I think because Dave didn't mention that so explicitly I think he right. felt oh, you're just dismantling well, was, was it that or was he yeah was he yeah. questioning this or was he thinking that Dave was demythologizing I mean I haven't yes uh, yeah I don't know the book well enough to yeah, well, say, he, but, he clearly is you know. demythologizing it and I think this is a tension isn't it in terms of our relationship with the bible as we look at the bible is to say well you know where's the line where where does it become historical narrative and and where exactly. does it move away from that and and in one sense i agree that that you know a certain amount of the stories don't rely on that but um i do think it's quite important i think it's a topic we should we should certainly pick up at yeah time. i think we probably should because Cause uh, you're her- heretical and all uh, californian on in it, in you? so many ways yes yes indeed sort of <laughs> down to the beach thing. and sacrifice things or something I don't yeah know exactly think. well mm. you know wives or whoever happens to be at home <laughs> as the case may be okay so um but he also said uh he just made a really interesting point about change which has become a sort of fairly continuous theme on this podcast he says i've been a christian for over 35 years and changing to become like christ really has been an immense challenge but lately i've noticed something else or possibly i've known it was there and just now started to be perturbed by it that i meet people who have no faith at all it seems yet they're much nicer than me they have far more patience love and compassion than i have it puts me to shame that they reflect god's character more effectively than i yet they don't know him and i'm trying up to muster some change in my own life he says i'm not depressed by it just amazed i suppose and then he goes on to quote the film crash which is brilliant with don Cheadle and, and matt D- dylan and i understand why he does that so it's an interesting point that isn't it because i mean certainly i remember a time in my life when i was really hoping especially when you were doing a bit of evangelism that the atheists were all going around feeling very miserable and you know preferably slightly guilty about their life of sin and just wondering if they could ever be forgiven and that's what you kind of want isn't it in a good non-christian kind of way 
And then, of course, you realise, oh, no, this is a bit upsetting. Not only are they not believers, but they're also living really good ethical lives and they're happy in their marriages and everything. And now I feel slightly depressed about everything because, you know, they, they're showing me up in certain ways. So I was grateful for Glyn to writing this in. I think theologically it raises all those issues about well, why would we be surprised since everyone's made in God's image anyhow yeah, and, and everyone has Christ sometimes so we're quite hard on ourselves as well I think we're yeah. self-critical so we compare our interior to people's exterior as it were you know and that happens a lot in social media terms these days yeah sure and but, but I, just, I just think it is a good point that you know everyone bears I mean I remember when I was younger you know like there's a Christian music scene who remembers Sheila Walsh and Norman Barrett eh? That's I, do. Larry I do I do remember the Larry oh, Norman oh good times and we, well but then later debatable. in life you start to think well why is there Christian? And could, could could you have bad Christian music? And if it's bad music, can it be Christian? Not that Norman Barrett or any of those I have mentioned were bad in any way, I hasten to add. But, you know, like, there were certain people who really trumped the fact they were Christians and this is a Christian band mm, and we stand for mm. all this. And their music was absolutely awful, let's mm, be honest. Mm. And then there are other people, like, you know, I don't know, Elton John, writing brilliant, well, he don't know. He doesn't write the lyrics, but beautiful music, fantastic songs. But they are not Christian. Therefore, we have nothing to learn about God for them, from them. And then eventually, I think you join everything up, don't you? And you start to say, "Do you know what? I can find God in a painting. I can find God in a song. I can find God in almost any art form. And I can mm. find God in nature. And I can certainly find God in my non-Christian neighbour. And I can find so." You stop kind of labelling the Christian thing quite so much, don't you think? Or have I gone all Californian for No, you? not not at all. I think no, absolutely not at all. I mean, heaven knows I've just written a book on the Reformation and the Reformers were some very dodgy and nasty people at times, you know. So pe- but really? nobody has a monop- Don't spoil the book, but No, it's just spoilers. Uh you know, <laughs> it was Martin Luther what done it. Um you know it, <laughs> But they were you know, nobody has a a monopoly on truth in that sense anybody can yeah. speak truth and i i don't like that kind of point of view that says because a, a an artist lived what we would term an immoral life they can't yeah. they can't speak truth that's just nonsense yeah, uh, yeah great yeah but there you are thank I you glenn yeah thanks glenn that was great okay so um so yeah we did set this uh exercise uh last time uh well we set a challenge and we said look you know what would you say to your younger self if you could go back 20 or 30 years depending how old you are and you could meet with yourself you know with the benefit of hindsight which is a glorious thing with the benefit of the wisdom you've accrued which we assume you have through the years and and you know generally you do um what would you say to yourself so that was that's how we set it up Mm. and martin wrote in and he said writing in response to the last podcast Podcast. Interesting, that's also the period through which I have struggled with mental health issues that manifest as depression and anxiety. Primarily, this was triggered through issues at work, but pressure at church also played a part, as I was a deacon at that time, that this first started to impact me. The problem for me, 20 years down the road, as I still struggle with this, is that it's easy for these issues to define me, and that I simply accept that this is who I now am. Interestingly, therefore, I think the message I have for myself then and now is actually the same. And so using words that immediately came to mind when you and Nick suggested this activity, I would tell myself to get off your ass and get on with it. It won't be as bad as you think it will be. Harsh in many ways, but the push that I often need to overcome the anxiety that will grip me mm. when overanalyzing whatever the activity is that I'm wanting to get involved with. 
And he says he's also interested in the weekend of bewilderment, assuming it happens. It may only be a day. Stay tuned for details. But thank you for that Never email. Never Shush. Thank you for that email. Um, I appreciate that because he's, you know, depression and anxiety for all our modern ways still isn't probably talked about or named or identified enough. And there's still, can you believe, stigma um, oh. attached to it. And, and yes, the tone of what you said did come across as harsh but i sort of understand you i, I don't think you really meant it in a really harsh way you just think, meant stop analyzing yourself so much get up get on with it and also it won't be as bad as you think no you can and you can say come on get off your ass in, yeah. in a gentle way you don't have to i don't think it's uh, you know i don't think i it's all about tone isn't it i can yeah. really empathize with what you're saying and yeah you're saying that yeah. actually you know, um, if you, if you're saying it to yourself, it's one thing if you're saying it to yourself. If other people are saying to you and to you, and you know, yeah. they're not recognising those those symptoms, then I think that's really yeah bad. You know, and certainly when you're in uh, mental distress and people sort of tell yourself to pull you, tell you to pull yourself yeah. together, it's yeah. about the worst possible thing you can do. But I yeah. understand that. Yeah, let's let's sing some happy songs and forget yes, about it. That's, cheer that's up. not always the most helpful. Yeah, uh, come thing. on, cheer up. Yeah, yeah. That's, okay, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> and from a regular uh, emailer and listener of the show, Dorothy, uh, she said this. It, she said, "It's okay. God will never love you more than He or she does in this moment. You have nothing to earn. You can stop trying and simply be." And I love mm. that because it picked up a theme. Uh, that ran through quite a few emails that came in that, uh, you, you know, God loves you so much as mm. you are now. Mm. And changing, uh, I think this is a key point, isn't it? Changing is something you want to do for you. It's not something you have to do to impress God or to get God to like you anymore. You know, I always think God could never love you any more than he does in this moment. Mm. You know, well, like... It... So is it true? I mean, do you think God wants us to change? I think God likes us you know, changing, I would say, well, in terms of if, if we're changing in a more Christ-like direction. Then yeah, well, I, I, like about I think God wants us to have life and life in all its fullness. It's a bit like, I, do, I mean, you know, it's so easy when you're a parent. I want my kids. I don't want them to have financial troubles. I don't want them mm. to make unwise decisions. I want them to have good and prosperous and happy lives. But if they end up totally screwing their lives up, it doesn't in any way impact my love for them. No, it just no. impacts their lives negatively. Mm. And so I want them as a, a dad to have the best life they can. So it's not difficult for me to understand that changing and growing and, you know, like some of the things we've talked about and perhaps we'll talk about some more, the spiritual disciplines, the things we engage in for our benefit, not for God's benefit, mm. but to bring mm. about the life of the kingdom, to bring about the mm. abundant life. Yeah. Good. Uh, okay. Uh, here's a here's a short pithy one you're like this because it's pithy i i am king of pith you, you are know. as we said many times uh, something like that she says um <laughs> peter says this stop all this churchy religious striving stuff and just relax jesus didn't come to start a religion and he certainly doesn't rate what you do in the christian union any more highly than what you do in the bar start living your own life and then he says read room is the field i've not read that no. i i think uh, well, I take the point. I, I think everything entirely depends on what you do in the bar. Oh, yeah, it probably does. Actually. You know, I mean, I think it's not true necessarily <laughs> to say that Jesus doesn't rate what you do in the bar differently. If it depends what you do in the bar. If you smash a glass in someone's face, I think he probably would take a dim view of that. <laughs> yeah. but, 
But, you know, but I take the point. I mean, it's about that segmentation, a bit what you were saying earlier about Christian music. Yeah. You know, that somehow what we do in in the exactly. church is holy and what we experience outside is not. And, and so sometimes we get told that, you know, those experiences outside are less valuable than what happens in, in, the, in, yeah. in the church, in the religious sphere. Yeah. But, you know, and I think that's not true. And we've all heard and done those sermons, I assume, on the whole sacred-secular divide. And I say, if you expect to meet God more at a church prayer meeting than you do going around Tesco's, then you have basically got a sacred-secular divide. You're, you're dividing your life into the holy bits and the unholy bits, and it just doesn't work. Doesn't make which sense. Se- which section of Tesco's though is it? Is this, is this well, I find the cheese counter a particularly profound, a thin place. <laughs> I believe yeah. the Celts would have described it I as. I think in your that, case, the cheese sector, cheese counter is not a thin place. Is it? It's a place of thinness. The wine section is a thin place. Really yeah. stop. Okay, right. Okay, okay. and then um, from uh, Lacey and Doug. Lacey is in good old US of A. And we should declare that we know this lovely, lovely human being. And she says, uh, hey, Joe and Nick, Doug, the person to whom I'm married, and I have so enjoyed listening to your podcast. Uh, So that's great. Thank you. Here's what we'd say to our younger selves. I'd say, listen to your longings. They are God given. And then the person to whom I'm married would say, don't change anything. You turn out much worse. It's the whole space-time continuum thing. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, Listen to your longings. I think that's very nice. I think that's very nice. Yes, um, exactly. And and actually, if again, this really picks up on a common theme and that ran through so many of the emails about lis- listening to your intuition and trusting yourself, which it seems mm. is something we're afraid to do when we're young but when we get older we can't do anything but trust it we kind of know to trust it i think yeah perhaps we have more confidence to trust it do you think when you're older because you you've been through so much um yeah i mean i know i like that and that's one of the ways you learn yeah and it picks up something i mean i shall i shall i share my thought Shall I do that now? This is so. This is what older Joe would write. This is what old Joe would say. He'd say, "Hey Joe, uh, you look good, and you are not (laughs) as fat as Nick Page makes you out to be, (laughs) (laughs) and you're not as stupid." No, I didn't. No, you're never worse stupid. No, here we go. Uh, Well, thank you. Uh, And then I said this: uh, listen to the questions and the longings deep within, and trust them. They are not bad. God does not disapprove learn to trust and accept and live with your own beautiful broken sinful soul because it's not all bad don't let fear hold you back god loves you full stop that's all you don't have to earn or impress or in any way achieve it it just is so don't be so afraid especially of the darkness within you may feel lonely you may feel you don't matter you may feel you are not loved but don't worry own those feelings and then you don't need to be afraid of them don't spend so much time trying to avoid pain instead be present to all of life the good the bad and the ugly each day really is a gift that's lovely well yeah. it's a bit verbose I mean, you know it's a bit overwritten but you know <laughs> yeah, sorry about that needs, a, needs an edit but no, I, isn't that lovely? So, well, I don't know. I, I is can't it? help. Well, I think it is. I can't help noticing there's a few things in there, like the references to darkness and pain and things yeah, like that. that I mean, we've mentioned this before. Would I'm, you Would you have wanted to prepare yourself f- for that? Um, would it have helped? Well, 
you know, I think we said before, I th- I'm a seven on the Enneagram. And if you know anything about the Enneagram, you just know that basically these people are extroverts and they're great, generally quite good fun to be around. But they, their their source, their energy for all that fun, it comes from avoiding pain. So they want the next great thing. Well, let's do this. Let's do that. Oh, man, let's do this. will be fantastic. This the films, the cheese counter. Yeah, the yeah, let's, yeah. All right. The all beach. Right. Yeah, stop. Stop now. OK. I know. I know. Yeah, stop it. Uh, so... Yeah, but actually the energy for a lot of that is coming from this real refusal to accept, notice, acknowledge in any way, connect with the the pain inside. We're afraid. Um, so, you know, the truth you learn is that actually we are lonely, a lot, of, all of us, a lot of the time, regardless of whether we're around people. Um, you know, but that is a fact of how we feel. It, sometimes we are miserable Mm. sometimes we question sometimes we feel insecure sometimes now for someone like me that means well let's go and have a curry let's go and have some fun let's go to a party let's you know let's invite a load of friends around and have a film night let's do and not that there's anything necessarily wrong with those things but when that's your default mechanism for dealing and never acknowledging the difficult things in your life you're just storing up trouble which you can get away with when you're young and energetic. But by the time you hit your 40s, and certainly by the time you're into your 50s like me, it will catch up with you. So I think not that I would have ever accepted this from older self, of course, because, you know, I just think you're such a sad, bald loser. Uh, but but I think what I, you know, if I could have uh, understood that actually you don't, you don't need to worry about the whole pain thing. It's just a part of life. And actually, once you acknowledge it and accept it, it it completely loses its power anyway. So you don't have to be so afraid of, you know, pain and the, and, and the difficult things of life. And of course, you know, as we've said before, we've got the Psalms and we've got the Bible and we've got, we got all those things. And we've got Jesus dying on a cross, for example, uh, to understand that the Christian life is not a bowl of roses. Yeah, I, I, in a, and in a sense, the the... the... For 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 that kind of person, the pain, or the 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 loss, the downturn, perhaps mm. has to come in order to, for change to happen. It has to come because you have to confront it at some point. Yeah, necessarily. You have to suffering. become whole. Yeah, yeah. And, I agree. And that's what sort of Jung argues. That there has to be a a, a reckoning at some point. Mm. Uh, and it was noticeable in the um, letters that people wrote how yeah. you know, they, some of them referred to what we might call bad events or might on a surface yes, level yeah, call yeah, you yeah. know the, the dark sure. events as 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 moments of change really yeah well thank you for sharing that uh, do you want to hear mine yeah love to love to okay this is mine dear younger nick it's all going to be okay lots of love older <laughs> nick <laughs> I've got some that PSs. Was, that was well edited. Well done. I got. I told you about. I was high on piss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I hadn't said that. Leave uh, that I in. I am going to leave that in. Okay. Uh, here's some PSs. Postscript. P.S. Stop worrying about what other people think of you. They've all got worries of their own. P.P.S. God loves you, so stop trying to be someone else. We are who we are, but who we are is more than enough. And a final uh, one, PPPS. In 2016, Leicester will win the Premiership, trump the presidency and will vote for Brexit. Put a tenor on it now. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't ain't that the truth? (laughs) 
Now, what's yeah. what's interesting there? I think just if I can, it's a bit vain to reflect on your own writing, but um, you were talking about the enneagram and how you know your writing was yes. sort of brings out your character well i you know for a long time i wasn't really hot on the enneagram and then i read this description of one of yeah. the enneagram types right. and i thought oh there i am <laughs> yeah, um, it's annoying you know it? i'm i think it's the number four you know the yeah, need to be is. special yeah. you know the need to be different and and, and but it's, you're the it's, artist it's, that's the artist well, isn't it? well it is that i suppose yeah. but you know yeah. and and that sense in my life where for so long i was um you know, doing impression management and trying to decide what, you know, trying to manipulate what people thought of me. And I still fall into that. And I mean, you mm. can argue the whole podcast does that to a yeah. certain extent. But, sure. you know, um, I think the the willingness to be a bit more honest and vulnerable and open and uh, on, on that comes with uh, uh, a bit more maturity, mm. plus experiences of pain myself and loss. And uh, and and that that's a kind of useful change, I think, to get yeah. over that, really. And uh, a question about one of the PSs. I can't remember. Mm. This is the first or second one about God loving you. Mm. How long after being told God loves you, how many years would you say it was before you actually started to believe in any real oh. sense that God loves you? Yeah, it's just ages. I think a part of the problem we've t- we've touched upon this in you know previous yeah. episode is that you can't really believe that if your image of God is wrong to start with. Yeah. So if people tell you, uh, you know, that if, if you're in a service and people say, and remember, God loves us, and now let's sing, O day of gloom and wrath impending. You, know, <laughs> you kind of think, that's right. right that classic I, hymn. <laughs> uh, yeah, and now let's sing, and the Amalekites were slain by their thousands. Or something, you know, you think, I don't know if I want the love of that one, that, that being. What does yeah. that mean? Um so yeah. until you actually reorient your view of God, until you yeah. understand that, that love is not a, sort of what God is forced to do by the job description, yeah. but it is a description of his character, who he is, then you can kind of start to accept it. And the other thing is then you can actually feel the freedom to be who you are. You know, I, I, I did sort of always think that in order to be an acceptable Christian, I would have to change. And... Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there are many people who would say I'm still not an acceptable Christian, no, but you know, and I, and I would I th- be I think, one of them. Yes, indeed. Uh, but I think um, I think that you know, at least I've I've come to terms with the my sort of nickness, as it were. Yeah. You know, that I, that, that actually um, this is who I am, and yeah. and like I said, who who I am is um, is more than enough to be going on with. That's more yeah. than enough to be working on. Finding out who you really are is a lifetime's work. Yeah. And uh, without having to worry about being someone else. I think that's I think that's one of the reasons, you know, we do seem to make this transition in midlife to really finding out who you are. And, and that's part one. Part two is really accepting who you are. And I think there's a sort of good bolshiness that happens to you. If if you yeah. make this journey, and the good yeah. but the good bullshitness is, do you know what? I am going to stop pretending. Yeah. I'm just going to give it a go. Yeah. I'm going to try and be me, and if that really shocks people, then let them be shocked. Yes, because yes. I'm tired of pretending, and I can't do it anymore. Oh, and I, think I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that for me is why you know some of the songs I was I was speaking at quite a big Anglican church and we did the whole my anchor holds within the veil thing and then they, oh, good. yeah we sang that one and it's quite nice it's quite a nice song isn't it but I did laugh snigger a bit when when I came to that line and then um, they did another one real sort of happy clappy and I thought it was great you know I'm there just to bless them and you know I don't care if I don't like it or if I think it's a bit silly but the trouble with the songs we were singing were they did 
portray this very life's all great life's all happy and it's all about me there were lots of songs about how i felt and what i was going to do and you know evidently i'm going to praise you with every breath and evidently i'm going to do dance uh, appropriately and i'm going to do you know wave holy <laughs> legs and all the rest of it and i was thinking i would you know i know we give worship leaders a hard time and i'll come back to that in a sec but you know that that unfortunately if you've come to the point in your life where you're saying do you know i'm going to really be me and who i am today is i feel a bit grumpy and i don't really feel like being in church and Mm. i don't particularly feel like praying and i don't that that, the whole point is you're not going to pretend anymore so you can't then go and sing (laughs) you can't you're in trouble aren't you (laughs) yeah no i think the thing is to do it in a a a christ-like manner that's the truth that's the thing you know you meet a lot of people who go well i don't pretend i say what i think and yeah and they're annoyed you don't want to be around them you know but to, to actually be honest and open and yeah. uh, you know, I found, one of the most difficult things I I found when I began to sort of this process of um, of change was to not make excuses for not being somewhere because it because yeah. we're English and we're programmed not to yes, to, that's to try right. not yeah. to upset people. Yeah, so you would exactly say to right. people, people would say, "Can you will you come to this?" And you go, um, "Oh well, I'm terribly sorry. I'm 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 doing my hair." Never, never an excuse that worked very much in my case. I'm washing my hair that night. Um, no, or, you know, or, or, I, I've got this and I can't do it. Now, part of it is yeah. a genuine niceness. You don't want to hurt people. But on the other yeah. hand, sometimes I would just say, no, I, I, I'm not, I can't do that, I'm afraid. Or, I, I won't be able to do that. I won't, I won't do mm. that. And, you know, just being honest about who you are. Um, but I found that really difficult. Yeah. Really hard. Yes, because then they might not like you so much. Well, yeah, maybe mm. then I mm. might upset them. I don't want to upset them. But, yeah. you know, uh, I yeah. just wanted to be honest about why or why not I was doing something. Yeah. Um, it's very, you know, so it does, the the honesty and the vulnerability does uh, cause some problems. And the other thing is within, you know, I have wonderful colleagues at work, where I work. Mm. I, I work three days a week for yeah. a charity and, uh, you know, uh, and the rest of the time writing for myself. Um, and, uh, you know, I have wonderful colleagues who sort of put up with it because because I do sort of say what I think sometimes or, mm. you know, point things out. And mm. um, It's never something I've just, liked about They're you. just great, really. So you need the help. You need the help of a lot of good people around you who kind of realise who you are and yeah, with those strengths sure. and weaknesses and, and really sort of uh, lovingly put up with that. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing here, I think, is that um, perhaps the most... The biggest motor of change in our lives are the things that we don't want, in a way. Yeah. The the things that we that that we run away from the 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 the, the sadness and the fear and yeah. the well, you could have told me that twenty five years ago and the failure. I yeah, mean, but you, you were wouldn't have. Ex- <laughs> I I well, I did try and tell you how inadequate you were twenty five years did. ago. You did. I remember it well. You wouldn't <laughs> listen. No, that, that I mean, those are the things that that really are. Are the furnaces of transformation, but but I don't think you before they happen you're yeah. prepared to sort of listen to it really, yeah. uh, and you don't really understand. But you need people alongside you during those times who will just say it's okay, it's all right, it's it's it, you know it, it'll it'll be okay. Um, so to all of you who who maybe are feeling this way or going through those kinds of stuff, you know I don't want to belittle anything of what people are experiencing, but you know God loves you and um, change is possible. Yeah, it is. And actually, I mean, on on the subject of change, you know, there are definitely things that we can do, sort mm. of, if you like, well, the phrase I sometimes think of is in partnership with God. 
there are things we can do that can bring about change. So, for example, if you are an immensely impatient person, it mm. is possible to become a patient person. And, and if it's not possible, if you're, if you're a big worrier, it is possible to live your life without worrying. Otherwise, the whole thing about discipleship is a complete fabrication. It's a lie. It's not, it's not real. But Jesus did seem to genuinely believe that people could become like him. I mean, that's the whole rabbi-disciple relationship, isn't so it? So this is like what you're saying is sort of out of the, the during those periods of change, all those that freedom, that yearning for change, those things, those longings. There are tools, in a sense, things that we can do yeah. that will uh, help that process along, or will help us during those periods of darkness. Yeah. And I think that would be a really good um, uh, thing to focus on uh, the tools for change some of the things yeah. that we found helpful some of the things that uh, maybe our, yeah. our, lis our listener has found helpful because there will <laughs> yes. be only one by this point yeah. um, so what you know what what i suppose yeah. that's maybe throw that out if you, if you feel you want to get in contact with us that would be lovely and you know what kinds of things have helped well, you me, um really. you know joe yeah clearly what kinds of things have helped you yeah but also and, and what else what other spiritual activities or you might not even want to call them spiritual activities yeah. what are the mm. what are the things that you've actually done things that practical things that actually have been the facilitators of change in your life i'd love love to hear from people on that so it's joe at midfaithcrisis.org yeah, and uh, do subscribe to the podcast if you haven't on uh, iTunes yeah. or whatever. And uh, if you could like it or recommend it or, you know, I don't know, fling a few stars its way somehow. I have no idea how you it's, do that, I but I understand I it helps. I what you're talking about. I but... understand it helps. Um, so we should go. But before we go, because I, yeah. I see a near ending. Good. It's coming. But before we go, I've got one last letter because here there's some person, one person who did write in we haven't heard from. Oh, right. And uh, who who wrote on a letter to her younger self? This is from our, 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 our I think it's fair to say, critic, <laughs> our uh, regular correspondent, our regular correspondent, <laughs> Ethel. Sad old person. She's written this lovely letter to her younger self. Let me bless you with this, dear younger Ethel. You are an angry, irritable, stubborn, outspoken, borderline racist individual. Promise me you'll never change. <laughs> The only fault you have is that you are young and therefore a blight on society. But in time you will mature into the glory that is me. As it says in the Bible, don't go changing to try and please me. I love you just the way you are. That's a psalm. Yours in frank admiration, older Ethel's adult person. <laughs> and I think which... That's a which beautiful thing. Beautiful letter. Laced which thoughts to leave wisdom. us with. Yeah, <laughs> the wisdom of the ages. And they don't come more aged... Than Ethel. Um, so, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back in a. We'll be back in a couple. Of, we're going to end up. We'll never do a better ending ever. Uh, thank you, Ethel. Thank, thank you, Ethel. You. Bless you, and uh, bless you all for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks yeah, very thanks. Much. See you then. Bye.